I pray this finds you having a blessed, wonderful day. Looking forward to getting back uh, into our topics here on the podcast. Uh, was gone on a mission trip last week and uh, thankful for all that we were able to do and experience and how that God uh, blessed and allowed us to be able to uh, share the gospel, uh, to minister and to serve. And so looking forward to getting back today as we um, continue into this idea of uh, some of the areas where uh, we may be looking at struggling when it comes to uh, the current Christian culture. And uh, we've been looking at some specifics um, over the last little bit. We And uh, the last one we looked at was um, kind of do we have a misunderstanding of the gospel? Um, and is us having a misunderstanding of the gospel causing, you know, some difficulties and problems um, with uh, people really knowing what is truth and what is not? Um, today, we're going to be looking at uh, this, uh, another aspect of it, but we're going to be looking at misunderstanding the, of the biblical Jesus. Now, the reason why I phrase it that way is because there's a difference in misunderstanding Jesus and misunderstanding the biblical Jesus, and that's really what we're going to dive into. Um, what I want to do is I want to start off with, with two verses, and then we're going to um, really get into the crux of all of this. And the first verse that I want to start off with is in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 8 and the first part of verse 9. It states that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teaching. We also have a, uh, if you've grown up in church your whole life, um, or even any time, you may have heard this next verse, and it's one that, to be honest with you, is uh, part of the controversy, if you will, if you want to use that word, of the biblical Jesus, and it's John fourteen six, where Jesus says, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So I want to use those two verses. The fact that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And not to be led away by strange teaching. And the fact that Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. To be able to really create a, a understanding of who the biblical Jesus is and why that um, I believe that in today's culture and even in today's church culture, we have a misunderstanding of who Jesus really is. Now, the reason why this is so important, because you may look at it and say, well, you know, is this really that big of a deal? It is. Because if we have a misunderstanding of the biblical Jesus, then what we're doing, whether we realize it or not, is we're creating a new version of Jesus. And that's really what's happened in our culture today. We've created a new version of Jesus. And it's a version that is more palatable. It's a version that is more acceptable. And it's a version based on, and I guess the best way to say it is based on our own arrogance of thinking that we have the right to define who Jesus is based on the culture in which we live. And that's why I wanted us to understand what Scripture says initially with the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Um, the same Jesus in Scripture is the same Jesus today. It's not one of those things that changes. 
the, the Jesus that we see in Scripture, we don't have the liberty to be able to take, twist, um, and, and things of that nature. Also understanding that Jesus is the only way to the Father. The only way for salvation. This is really a difficult thing for people to understand in today's culture. Because we are built on options. So here's what I want to start with. I'm going to start with this one aspect, and then I'm going to basically have kind of like three um, things that, that really branch off of that. And that is what takes place in John chapter 14, verse 6, and that is referred to as the exclusivity of Jesus. What we find in John 14, 6 is that this is Jesus saying, the only way to get to the Father is exclusively through me. This completely cancels out the idea of all roads lead to God, all roads lead to heaven. Um, this cancels out the idea of uh, the mentality of um, all of these things that all you got to do is just pick one religion and that'll suffice. Jesus completely cancels that out in John 14, 6. Well, that is not something that a lot of people in our culture today uh, appreciate because they don't like the fact that Jesus deems himself exclusive. So this goes to the first point that I want us to look at, and that is Jesus, we have a misunderstanding in our culture today of Jesus as salvation. All right? Now, I want to elaborate what I mean on that. Because we don't like the exclusivity of Jesus here in John 14, 6, we try to create new ways. I, I have a saying sometimes that I will use that Jesus said narrow is the way. He said broad is the way that leads into destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. The problem is, and this is the comment that I make, too often we try to pave a second lane on that narrow one-way street. And Jesus says you can't. The exclusivity of Jesus in John 14, 6 means that you cannot pave an extra lane in there. And so what's happened is a lot of people not liking the idea that it's just only exclusive with Jesus, that Jesus is the only way for salvation, that bothers them. And they're looking at culture. Rather than looking at Scripture, they're looking at culture and they're saying, well, according to culture, we've got many options. According to culture, I can't sit down and say that Hinduism is wrong, Buddhism is wrong. Um, you keep naming whatever you want to. I, culture does not allow me to do that because basically what we're looking at is if you believe that's right, that's great. I don't, whatever it may be. We don't want to talk about these things because we're afraid that if we talk about it, that we're going to offend people. The problem is, is the gospel does offend people, and here's why. The gospel tells us that we're sinners. And I don't know of anybody who likes to be told that they're a sinner. The other religions that we have, because again, Christianity is a relationship with Christ, not a religion. The other religions that we have don't call you out for sin in your life. They just try to tell you to be a better person. The problem with Jesus being exclusive and Jesus being the only way for salvation is that you have to understand that you have to admit you're a sinner and you have to accept the debt that Jesus covered on Calvary's cross. Jesus paid our sin debt on Calvary because we couldn't pay our own sin debt. And so in order to be able to receive salvation, you have to admit you're a sinner, you have to repent of your sins and believe that Jesus Christ is the only way for salvation. That's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. 
especially in our culture today, we don't want to have to admit we're sinners. We don't want to have to admit we're wrong. And even more so, we don't want to have to admit that we need somebody to help us. And that's what happens with Jesus. Which now goes into the next aspect of it. Not only do we have a misunderstanding that Jesus is the only way for salvation in our culture, we have a misunderstanding, I believe, not only in our culture, but in our church culture, that Jesus is the standard. See, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes into the Father except by me, not only is that part of salvation, but that is also part of our sanctification. Everything runs through Jesus. Jesus has to be our standard. So here's what I mean by that. If I'm, try, if I'm saved and I'm trying to live a life of sanctification, then what I have to do is I have to see what God's Word says, and I have to allow God's Word to direct my life, which means that I understand John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I understand John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So if I believe that, then I believe the Word of God is Jesus himself. So that means the Word of God is my standard. I have to live up to the best of my ability to what the Word of God commands me to do. Now that's hard because usually what I'm going to find is every time I'm going to fall short. Now what's really easy for me to do is to be able to find someone else. To be able to find someone and use them as my standard. So let's say I'm that person who goes to church pretty regularly. Uh, you know, I read my Bible as often as I can. I pray. I try to do what I can. I give. I tithe. You know, those kind of things. What I can do if I really want to make myself feel better is I can find, you know, Bob over here who's just not really that faithful of a Christian. And I can begin to let Bob be my standard. And so what I do then is I'm able to look at Bob and say, you know what, I'm way better than him. I do this and I do this. Well, guess what? That's what the Pharisees did. That's what the religious leaders did in Jesus' day, and Jesus called them out on it. But that's what our culture does. Our culture usually tries to find someone that would be beneath us that we can be able to look at and say, well, according to them, my, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Very rarely do, do we find that in our own lives and in our culture today that someone will try to find someone who is a higher standard than them and use that as their judge. Because we don't like that, because we don't like to fall short. And see, that's the reason why this idea of misunderstanding the biblical Jesus is so important, is because if we take Jesus for who he is in the Bible, we are going to fall short when it comes to sin, we are going to fall short when it comes to salvation, and we are going to fall short when it comes to, to what our standard is in our sanctification. And we don't like that. So what we find is that if we can manipulate, change, alter our version of who Jesus is, that really works well. Now we can sit down and say, you know, Jesus is all about love. And so since Jesus loves everybody, everybody's going to be able to go to heaven. Well, that's not what Scripture teaches. That's not what Jesus taught in, in the Bible. That's not what the Word of God teaches. We look at it because, again, we've been so inundated with this idea of God's love and God's blessings that God just wants the very best for me and God's you know, going to give me all of these different things. And God wants to you know, bless me beyond me. Yes, He does. But the problem is, is when we turn 
Jesus into this genie that we just pray to in order to get what we want, that's not the biblical Jesus. What, we, what we're doing is we're creating such a different standard of who Jesus really is within the church culture that even people within the church don't understand what the standard is anymore. Which now, if the church doesn't even understand what the standard is, you know good and well that the unsaved world is not going to understand what the standard is. Which, not only are we looking at we misunderstand Jesus' salvation. We misunderstand, excuse me, that Jesus is the standard in which we have to go by in order to live our lives. We misunderstand the submission to lordship. See, this is, to me, where the real crux of the matter comes. In today's culture, authority is not something we like. Whether you want to look at it politically, whether you want to look at it socially, you can go down the list of where we're at in our culture today. There are very few people who like the idea of authority. Now, everyone likes to be in authority, but very few people like to have to answer to someone or to have someone in authority over them. You think about it even where we're at in our culture today when it comes to jobs. Very rarely are you you driving through any kind of town to where all you see everywhere is now hiring, now hiring. You go to a fast food restaurant right now, and it takes forever in order to be able to get service because they don't have any workers. And part of the reason why is because we have seen this transition within the work culture to where everyone wants to be self-employed and wants to be their own boss. No one wants to be able to have any authority over them. We're also finding that because no one wants authority over them, in areas maybe like such as school systems, with our law enforcement and things of that nature, very few people actually respect authority anymore. And so with that mindset in our culture, unfortunately it's bleeding into our church. And what we're finding is that a lot of people don't like this idea of the lordship of Jesus. So here, here's what I mean by that and how I want to elaborate on it. A lot of people want to just get their get-out-of-hell-free card. They like the idea of being able to get saved in order to be able to not go to hell. But they don't like the idea of surrendering to the lordship of Jesus and letting Jesus be the one that calls the shots, if you will, that uh, makes the calls in their lives. They don't want to be submissive and surrendered to God's Word. We, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We don't like those, uh, when we were talking about the idea of obedience, we don't like those verses of deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Those are tough verses to chew on and eat on because that means that I've got to no longer think about me, but I've got to make sure that Jesus is my Lord. And so when it comes to the idea of salvation, the reason we misunderstand Jesus as our salvation is we look at Jesus as an opportunity not to go to hell. We don't look at Jesus as an opportunity to be our Lord. And so what we do is we misunderstand salvation. And we misunderstand the standard of who Jesus is. Jesus is not wanting to be our Lord so that he lords over us in an ungracious, unkind way. He wants to be our Lord so that way He can direct our paths 
and be able to take us down the paths that are best for us. What I find in my own life, and I'm sure that you might as well, is you don't get in trouble when you're following the Lord. You get in trouble whenever you're not following the Lord. You get into trouble whenever you start making your own decisions and whenever you start trying to take things or matters into your own hands. And what that does then is that makes you Lord of your life. And the problem is none of us know the correct moves in our own lives. We have to rely on the Lord. And so the submission to lordship is not in order for us to be um, treated as slaves. The submission to lordship is that he would be our heavenly father. As Jesus prayed in the high priestly prayer of John 17, he said, Father, I pray that you let them be one with you as I am with you. What Jesus was praying for us is, God, I want them to have the same relationship with you that I do. Well, did God treat Jesus unfairly and unkindly? Did God um, lord over Jesus to the point that he was Jesus was a slave? No. The Father loved the Son. The Father guided the Son. The Father was there for the Son. That's what God wants for us. That's the idea of the Lordship. And so this, this, this mindset of mis, misunderstanding or creating this new version of Jesus is doing a detriment, not only to, to the, the church, but to the communities, to the culture around us. Because what we're doing is they're looking at us as believers and saying, well, if, if you don't even know who Jesus really is, how do you expect us to? If you can't even agree on who Jesus is, how do you expect us to know or to follow? And I think that that's part of the difficulty that we're looking at is that how in the world are we expecting to reach an unsaved people if we ourselves are struggling to understand who the biblical Jesus is? And so one of the things that overcomes that is by making sure that we are in the Word of God daily, that we allow the Word of God to wash over us, to be able to work in our lives, to be surrendered to the, to the Word of God, to make sure that the Word of God is our standard, not someone else, to make sure that we're letting God guide our lives, to look at our lives. If we've got sin in our lives, that we're willing to confess those things. It's making sure that we live biblically. And when we do that, what we find is actually peace and joy and love. And we find exactly what Jesus talked about as his relationship with the Father is. That's what we find with ourselves. And so if we're really wanting to make a difference within the culture around us, we have to come to an understanding and a knowledge of who Jesus really is. And it's the biblical Jesus. It's not the one culture's talking about. It's not the one that we see around us, you know, that is, you know, taking bits and pieces from this or that. It's understanding that Jesus is who he says he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the only way to, to the Father. He is the only way for salvation. He is the only standard. And when we settle that in our heart and we live by that, we will be walking with the Lord. We will be making sure that we are growing and we will make sure, and, and we won't have a problem following the biblical Jesus. So I pray that this has challenged you. I pray that this has uh, give you some things to think about and encouraged you. 
Um, I pray that, uh, you know, you, you kind of chew on it a little bit and uh, be able to uh, ask yourself the question, do I really believe that Jesus is the only way? Do I really believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? Am I allowing the culture to influence me more than I'm letting the Word of God influence me? These are things that I hope that this has challenged you to look at and to do. And so we look forward to being back with you uh, next week as we're going to uh, get into the next phase of uh, being able to look at some of these things. And we're going to be talking about the idea of the Great Commission. And so that's where we'll be at in our next time as we gather together. So I pray you have a blessed, wonderful day. And we look forward to seeing you back next week.